0: Well, during lunchtime, I'm thinking, who put me behind Ralph Martin and Peter Herbeck? How did I follow these two guys? And then I realised it was me. <laughs> so, I want to talk to you briefly. I don't think I, I want to give as much time to Ralph and Peter. But just during the week, a thought came to me about the Lord. And his love for us, and his love for the lost. That's how Jesus came. Jesus came totally focused to seek and to save that which was lost. His whole ministry of the cross, everything was for the lost. And being away from the church so long and been involved in conferences and crusades and Leading people to the Lord and preaching the gospel. I come back to the church with such devotion and and desperate to be so involved again. And I sense again, here we go again, we have so much devotion, but nobody's really getting saved. We don't really know much about the gospel. And the riches of our devotion and our traditions and 2,000 years of tradition. And many, many people, these statistics that Peter gave us, they, they, they blew your mind. people don't understand. And Ralph was talking to us about the realities of heaven and, and hell and ho- holiness of life. Many years ago when I was preparing as a pastor, Some of you may have heard this talk at Contagious for Christ. But I was talking about the resurrection. And the Holy Spirit put it right into my heart. The lost will never believe in the resurrection of the Christ. Until they witness the resurrection of the church. Well there has to be a resurrection of the church. Because we are the body of Christ. And Peter purely so beautifully talking about the bridegroom. And the bride, the Bible presents to us this, this marriage covenant between Jesus and his church. We are the bride of Christ. He is our bridegroom. And he loves us so much. Do we love him enough to obey him? To obey his words. Amen. And Jesus' last words. will go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. And we're not doing it. And again as I said this morning. It's time for the unsaid to be said. We're not doing it. And as Ralph said, our primary focus and our our primary calling is not to save the planet. It's to save the people on the planet. And with all the greatest respect in the world, our primary focus is not great church services. Our primary focus is not great liturgy as much as I love the liturgy. Our, Our primary focus is not great theology as much as I love great theology. Our primary focus is to go and reach the lost. And Jesus said this, if you love me, you will obey me. If you love me. The early church, the Great Commission was a command. It was a duty. It was not up for discussion. And what we have in the Catholic Church is bags of devotion, loads and loads of devotion with no motion. No moving to reach a lost and dying generation. When Pope John Paul II was here in 78, 87% of Catholics went to church. You're lucky if you get 12, 14, maybe even less in some of the rural areas. The gospel has to be preached. And that's why the apostle Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God unto salvation. It's the power of God unto salvation. You don't have to be Billy Graham. You don't have to be Padre Pio or Mother Teresa. You just have to be you. And all of us have a testimony. All of us have a responsibility to win others for the kingdom. To reach others for Jesus. And sometimes people think, oh it's too much, I, I can't preach. You just tell them what Jesus has done for you. Just tell them what Jesus has done for you. You don't have to get too complicated or too theological. There's so many opinions out there. Just look at YouTube and you think, how could I overcome a lot of these objections? You know, the Bible tells us the blind man in John chapter 9, when Jesus healed them, the Pharisees came and they denied his healing. They even got his parents involved. The parents were scared. And ask them yourself. And the Pharisees were bullying and intimidating him and telling him, this man's not a real true prophet. That's just what he said. I don't know about all this. I just know this. I was blind. But now I see. There's my testimony. I was blind. But now I see. And you could be the same. We don't have to know about all this stuff. Have you got a testimony? Do you love the Lord? That's my question. If you love me, you know Gary Chapman, Dr. Gary Chapman, many years ago wrote a book called "The Languages of Manage, The Language of Love, the Five Major Love Languages." He was a counsellor for forty years. It's actually a pastor, and he brought it down to between married couples. There's these five love languages: words of affirmation. Acts of service, quality time, receiving gifts. And many, many couples break up because they don't understand what the love language is. Words of affirmation, physical touch. I remember I was counseling a husband and wife once, and she says, He never takes my hand. He never touches me. She just wanted touch of her husband, the tenderness, that was her love language, and he said to me, but she never builds me up, his love language was words of affirmation, building up, how many couples today, how many husbands have been lying in the coffin, and the wives have said, I should have done more, I should have said more, I should have encouraged them more, And vice versa, my wife lying in the coffin, husband could have said, I should have taken her flowers. I should have taken her hand. I should have spent time listening to her. I remember I was doing a men's conference and this young man said, my wife says I don't listen to her or I think that's what she says. Men don't listen. (laughs) The love language between couples. When that leper came to Jesus and he says, If you are willing, you can heal me. Jesus touches him. Jesus didn't have to touch him. We don't know much about that leper, but maybe he just hadn't the touch of his wife or his children, he couldn't pick them up, we don't know. But his love language was the touch of God. And it made me think, what's the love language of Jesus? What makes him happy? It's not great services, and I love great services, it's not great conferences, and I love great conferences, great theology. It's rich and lost. That's the love language of Jesus. That's why he could say, Father, forgive them for the know not what to do. What kind of love is this? And he's crying out to us with all a great devotion and all a great liturgy. And thank God for it. I love it. But if we're not reaching the lost, what's the point? I want to show you a short clip from Schindler's List. I was privileged to be in ministry a long time ago in Oscar, in Israel, and the, the team took me to Oscar Schindler's grave. The Jews actually took his body and buried him in Israel. This is the trailer, and I, I just want you to listen to what jumps out at you at this trailer. Just listen to it for a minute. This man saved over 1,100 Jews during the war. <laughs> I want white people. Who are you, Moses? They say your factory is a haven. They say you are good. Who says that? Everyone. All you have to do is tell me what it's worth to you. What's a person worth? No, 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 no. What's one worth to you? Power is when we have every justification to kill, and we don't. saves one life, saves the world in time. What statement stuck out to you? statement that stuck out to me is... "See it. What's one life mean to you? What's one life worth to you? We're still not evangelizing. We're not. and we a great at church. We're great at church services. And I was, remember as a pastor in the Pentecostal many years ago, I went to a lot of the churches and I was saying, guys, your services are fantastic and the worship's great and the praise is great and the prophecies and words of knowledge, but are you reaching the lost? And sometimes we just forget this. We just get caught up in the, the devotion and there's no evangelism. And for 40 years we've had prophetic popes. And you ask most people today, new evangelization, sorry, John Paul II, the new evangelization. Pope Benedict, Pope Francis, reach the lost. That's a job. We are experiencing civil war in a church. There's a civil war, a spiritual war going you know, on. Ralph mentioned it earlier. It's a spiritual civil war. John Paul prophesied this, the the church and the anti-church, the gospel and the anti-gospel, the Christ and the anti-Christ. There's never been a time more than ever that we as Catholics need to be trained and equipped to be able to preach the gospel. What's one soul worth to you? That's a call. If... You love me. Could you get the scripture up for me, Seamus, John 14? And these words were written just before Jesus' passion. And yet so many of us miss it. I'll tell you, I'm telling you, I'm not trying to bring a, a strong word. Ralph's good at that. <laughs> Ralph makes me look like Mother Teresa. Yes, I said that to Ralph. He says, I make you like a saint. (laughs) If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells within you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me. Anyone who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord. Is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered that again. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine but the Father's who sent me." Ralph mentioned earlier about heaven and hell. He mentioned the Blessed Virgin given a vision of hell. And yesterday I shared a quote by, could you get that quote by William Booth? (laughs) William Booth was the founder of the Salvation Army. And we had a question yesterday you well, you of the priest? and I thought it was a great question. How people talk about the, the good works part, the social gospel. I've got a friend of mine a pastor of the Church of Ireland. He says, Terry, they love, this. they love the social gospel. They'll have bingo and they'll raise money, but talk to them about Jesus and talk to them about the lost. They've no idea. And that's creeping into your church, does good works. Well, I'm a good person. <clears throat> Peter just approved it from the scriptures. Our default is sin, we're sinners. And William Booth is a great example of somebody who had the balance, he fed the poor, but he preached the gospel. This is what he said. You know that picture at the bottom, you could almost take that picture out and put Ralph's photograph there. (laughs) The chief danger that confronts the common century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, heaven without hell. Did you know that like the Blessed Mother taught the children, he had a vision of hell, William Booth. I'm going to share it with you. William Booth had a vision of perishing souls that changed his life permanently. His ministry, the Salvation Army, shook both England and every part of the world. It was a ministry that was fully involved in both winning souls and feeding the poor. William Booth shared the vision. Watch this. Listen carefully to this, brothers and sisters, because this is so many Catholics. He saw an ocean and there were people in the ocean screaming, screaming to be saved from the angry waves throwing them around and everyone was frantically swimming, but there seemed to be no way out. Some of the people soon became weary and drowned. This is a vision. And then a mighty rock rose out of the ocean and beside it was a platform. Immediately the people began to swim to the rock and climbed out onto the platform. Still others could not make it to the rock and they were overcome by the angry waves. Now watch this. Suddenly a being descended from heaven which he later discovered was Jesus. He was working hard to make sure everyone made it to safety and at the same time calling on those that were already on the platform to come and help him. But those on the platform paid him no attention. And then William Booth said he saw something that really, really touched him. Those who were now saved from the ocean had completely forgotten where they had come from. They were indifferent to others still drowning in the ocean and they relaxed and had fun and were eating and drinking. However, a handful were working with Jesus to save those still in the ocean. And then something even more amazing happened. Most of those who had been saved began to pray to Jesus for comfort. To comfort them in their struggles, for their finances. They asked for money and other things that would make their lives comfortable. They asked him to come and be with them so they wouldn't fall back into the angry waters. Then Jesus cried out to them from the sea. You come to me. Come and help me save these ones from drowning. And William Booth woke up. He ran back to his wife and says, I found my destiny. His destiny was to reach those that were lost. And we're missing it. We don't have that revelation. and It's it's not getting taught very often in the church. Many, many people are going to a lost eternity. Because they're not choosing Christ. That's the gospel. It's not my gospel. That's how Jesus came and gave his life. It's good news. It's good news to go and say, you don't have to live like that. Many people just don't believe in hell any longer. How much do you value the life of someone? And many, many people are working beside people that are lost. Never to tell them the gospel. I've shared this story a few times. I worked in a bank for five years and I was mocked by many of the, the employees in the bank because I was standing for the Lord and one of them was a Christian. I went to a church down the road and he's playing the keyboards. I would never have known he was a Christian. And his Father Jerry shared with us a few weeks ago, if you are being charged for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence? <laughs> Would there be enough evidence? And that's what I want to share with you. This is the love language of Jesus. We're his bride. He's the bridegroom, and he's appealing to you. Like any bridegroom, he never touches me any longer. He doesn't bring me flowers anymore. The master is here and he's saying to each and every one of us, this is my love language. reached lost. That's all he lives for. His whole mission was to rescue lost people. Can we take up the challenge? Can we take up the challenge? And this man, Schindler, saved over 1,100 Jews. And he had all the money and all the success. And he realized he could have done more. Could you do more? Could we do more? (coughs) Excuse me. And every afternoon, Father Jay and I are here with our team. Do you know why we're here? To reach the lost. To reach the lost. The whole 100% focus is to say, here's an opportunity to you to bring somebody. Oh, that's when I have my family dinner. So what? Put it back. Put it back, go for your dinner at five and bring somebody who needs to all hear the gospel. And we become so comfortable. We don't make sacrifice any longer. And we see it time and time again, the church is alive, it's worth the drive. And we're giving people an opportunity. Oh well, I go to Mass. Listen, Mass is for us. Mass is for worship. Most, most people don't know anything about the Mass. Most, most people are lying in their bed on a Sunday morning drunk from the night before. That's why we're making it an afternoon. That's why we focus on everything we do is to preach the Kerygma. The Kerygma is a gospel. It's a theological word for preaching Christ and his gospel. And for the charismatics, listen, we need the Kerygmatic and the charismatic together. Otherwise, other words, it's just candy for us charismatic candy force is bubble and froth without the word and discipline and becoming disciples, they're actually going to go and rescue the lost. Amen. Amen. And that's why the popes have been telling us this for years for evangelization. And that's why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit because there can never be a new evangelization without a new Pentecost. Listen, can you imagine what it must be like, hanging about with Jesus for three and a half years? A rabbi teaching, pouring his life into them. These guys were so catechized. But the master says, you wait till you receive power from on high. You go into the city and then you will be my witnesses. Then you shall receive the power from on high. Amen. Amen. And that includes the Blessed Mother. She was there at Pentecost waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. She was so hungry for more. And I don't know how many people I've been sharing over the last few months. I'm just happy doing what I'm doing. I'm not. I want more. I want more of the Lord. I want to be able to reach people. I want to be able to say when I get to heaven. Lord, I brought so many people with you. I said to Ralph yesterday, Ralph, you're going to meet so many people in heaven that you touched. And you'll meet them there. What a blessed time. Do you know what his answer was? I want to meet those who helped me get to heaven. That young man in the Castillo movement says, come this weekend. Bro, and you can do this. He said, come out this afternoon. Go to encountering Christ. There's a healing service. Bring them. Send a taxi. Whatever it takes to reach the lost. And that's why we need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit has been mocked for years in our church. I was speaking to a priest just a few weeks ago, right? He mocked it. And I said, Well, you better tell that to the master. Because Jesus mentions it in four gospels under the acts of the Holy Spirit. Wait till you receive power from on high. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for classroom Catholicism, but we need the upper room. Catholicism, amen. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need all the classroom stuff. I love it, I'm a scholar, I study. But it means nothing without the power of the Holy Spirit. And everything we do is to reach the lost. Everything is to rescue people. And if we don't get that, well that doesn't suit me. Come on folks, this is war. This is really war risking people's lives. This is what we live for. God knows we'll be out of here like that, like a flash. Who do you love so much? How much do you value a life? And it took Schindler to experience what it was like to save lives. This is how it finished, and I'm just going to finish this. Let's get that final video As soon as peace occurs, I want... um, I want that cloth distributed to the workers. Two and a half meters each. Also, each person is to get a bottle of vodka. They won't drink it. They know its value. Likewise, those Egyptian cigarettes we organized. It'll be done. Everything you ask. We have written a letter, trying to explain things, in case you were captured. Every worker has signed it. I made more money. (laughs) I (laughs) threw away so much money. (laughs) You have no idea. (laughs) If I just. There will be generations because of what you did. I didn't do enough. You did so much. Good would have bought this car. Why did I keep the car? Ten people right there. Ten people. Ten more people. This pin. Two people. This is gold. Two more people. You would have given me two for it me one. One more. One more person. person, Stan. For this. I could have got one more person. And I did And I, I, I didn't. Ha, 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 Every one of us can be convicted by that. Yes. Every one of us. And this is a call to everybody in this place and those watching by way of recording. Could you be convicted by that word and realize that's your call? And Jesus is saying, If you really love me, if you really love me, please reach the lost. Please don't get caught up in all your devotions and stuff, and I'm for that. Please don't misrepresent me I misunderstand me. You go to YouTube, that's so why I say the a spiritual civil war. I couldn't believe it when I come back to the church and there's stuff all oh, arguing and fighting. Do you think God's going to say, Did you speak in Latin or did you speak in tongues? Did you speak the gospel? Did you speak the gospel? Yes. That's our responsibility. Reaching the lost. And I say to everybody today, if you really love Jesus, obey his commandment. These are the ones who love me, who obey me. We've been in maintenance so long in the church. It's time for mission. It's time for us to stand. Who will stand with me and say, you know, from this day forward, I'm going to do more? Thank Thank you. Thank you. God, we'll <clears throat> could we sing Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord? The open the Eyes of My Heart. and Let this be a conviction just before Ralph comes. Open the Eyes of My Heart. Let's sing it together. Every Sunday afternoon, we should be packed. Every, all of us should be bringing people here to bring them into a place where they're going to hear the gospel. We have invitation cards we give out every week. It's called the greatest invitation you'll ever receive. Come here to the gospel. Do you know, just before we start, do you know that we have got eight rites within the Catholic Church and 22 liturgies and we're still arguing about what's the greatest liturgy? all the energy get into that stuff and nobody seems to be talking about the lost apart from Ralph or Peter and a few others talking about lust, the lost the evangelisation the gospel arguing about liturgy tongues and Latin and stuff this is a call it's a primary focus and may God open our hearts may we repent for our lack of passion To reach the lost.